This morning our reading comes from Psalm 88. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you, incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near, near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made a horror, made me a horror to them. I am shut and so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave? Or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness? Are your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence uh, here this morning, that it's just as real uh, as our very own. So, Father, we pray that your spirit would work on our hearts, that uh, the words of my mouth and the meditation uh, of our hearts as we encounter your word uh, would be pleasing to you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, this week in uh, one of our small groups, we uh, discussed why uh, churches are not often places of honesty, or at least they often are not places where people feel like they can be honest. Churches feel like a welcome place for those people that tend to feel like they have it all together, or they feel happy, or pious, or blessed, or grateful uh, but the church rarely feels welcome to, to people who are struggling with doubt and anger, for those people who uh, are gripped with sadness or in the throes of, of mourning. And so we tend to keep those kind of emotions in the shadows. We believe that good Christians ought not to feel this way. And because of that, we remain silent often about what is truly going on in our hearts. This summer, if you've been with us, you'll know this, but this summer we want to shine the light on all sorts of emotions, both the ones we are very proud of feeling and the ones we are more ashamed of feeling. And to do that, we've chosen to study the book of Psalms, and, and as we've looked at the book of Psalms, and as we'll continue to do that, we'll learn that really every movement of the human soul, every emotion you can imagine feeling is contained in the book of Psalms. Last week, we looked at, at Psalm 104, which was uh, a beautiful psalm written by the psalmist who was in awe and wonder of the greatness and the majesty of God. This week, we look at, at Psalm 88, which has a very, very different tone to it. It represents a very, very different picture and a very different emotion. 
You see, at the end of the day, uh, the book of Psalms really are a, a prayer book. It records for us prayers from many different authors, and these prayers have been used as instruments or tools of worship for God's people for centuries upon centuries. And as God's people read through the book of Psalms all throughout their history, they would read these prayers that gave expression to many of the deepest emotions of their hearts, including the emotions that were the most difficult to contend with. And that's what we see this morning. This psalm this morning is one of kind of primal emotion. We read it and we're surprised that this is even in the Bible. And we read it and we think, are we allowed to say these things in church, no less to God? After all, this is a psalm that has incredible raw emotion to it. And I think we see a few things uh, in this prayer as we look at it. I think the first thing that we see is that it is a prayer of desperation that is full of feelings of desertion. Uh, Derek Kidner, who is a, a commentator, said this. He said that there is no sadder prayer than this one, than in the entire book of Psalms. In it, we, as we've read, the, the writer is just overwhelmed by how awful his life has become. We don't know the exact circumstances of what was going on, but we know that his soul was troubled and it was full of sorrow, that his strength for life had disappeared, it was gone, and he felt like he was a dead man or at least on the verge of death. He felt subject to to God's displeasure and God's wrath, we read about in verse 7, and we also learn in verse 18 that All of his friends had shunned him and his family had left him. He was completely alone. He feels deserted by everyone and especially by God. Sometimes I think after years and years of interpretation, we sometimes miss the force of the words that are in the book of Psalms. We, we don't get to get a sense of how raw and deep these emotions are. I think Eugene Peterson helps us with this as he interprets it in his book, The Message. He took a section of this psalm and he interpreted it this way. He said, I'm written off as a lost cause, one more statistic, a hopeless case, abandoned as already dead. One more body in a stack of corpses and not so much as a gravestone. I'm a black hole in oblivion. You've dropped me into a bottomless pit, sunk me in a pitch black abyss. I'm battered senseless by your rage, relentlessly pounded by your waves of anger. You turned my friends against me, made me horrible to them. I'm caught in a maze and I can't find my way out blinded by tears of pain and frustration. You see, the writer is overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed by these feelings of desperation. He feels like he has been deserted and left entirely alone. And he is angry with God about all of it. Certainly, he's angry with God about his circumstances and the difficulty of his circumstance, but his anger goes deeper than just his circumstances because I think what makes him so angry is what he believes theologically about God. 
Because this isn't just a prayer of desperation, but this is a prayer that honestly recognizes the source. It's an honest cry that says to God, you did this to me. See, what we believe about, the God, about God and what the scriptures teach us complicates this in a way. It doesn't really complicate it from God's end, but it complicates it for us in our limited perspective. Because the scriptures tell us that God is sovereign, and what that means is that God is in control of all things. We saw this last week. We saw how he was intimately involved in all the details of our life, which means that nothing comes our way by accident. Everything that happens to us is all a part of God's plan. Now, how all this works out in the details is an absolute mystery. But what isn't a mystery is the fact that God is in control of all things. And the psalmist understood this and it complicated the way he felt about his life. You did this, he says to God. Verse 6, you have put me in the depths of the pit. Verse 8, you have caused my companions to shun me. Verse 14, O Lord, why do you... Cast my soul away. You see, he's confident in God's control and his power. He realized that this is all a part of God's plan, though he doesn't know why. And he is at a loss as to why God has allowed this to happen. And he's at a loss as to why God isn't acting now. Have you ever been there before? You can change this, God, but you aren't. Why, God, are you remaining so silent? You see, even the word cry here, I think, has a deeper meaning than we even realize. If you're going to literally translate it, this is a deep, deeply piercing shout that is directed at God. You see, the psalmist is caught between the tension of what he believes about God and what he is experiencing in real life. And it translates into desperation and into anger at God for what he has allowed and for God's seeming silence in the middle of it. If you are on uh, this journey of faith that we talk about often, you've probably been here at some point in your life. How many times have you felt the freedom to talk amongst other Christians or walk into church feeling the freedom to admit out loud that you were angry at God because of your life? How many times do you believe in your mind that God is good but have a hard time getting your heart to follow your belief that is in your mind. You see, this is a prayer of desperation, wondering why God would do this and why he won't stop the suffering. But it also is another kind of prayer. It's a prayer of loose ends. Calvin said that this is a prayer of sorrow without consolation. And I think the thing that makes this psalm so unique is really its ending or what it's lacking in its ending. You see, there's lots of other psalms in the book of Psalms that are dark and depressing and difficult to read. 
But many of them, in fact, most of them, resolve at the very end of the psalm. It's as if they say, things are bad, but I will still praise God. Or, despite my circumstances, God is good. And then you come to Psalm 88, and this one doesn't resolve. It just ends. The psalmist ends his prayer without any sort of settling benediction or closing remarks. He ends the psalm just as angry as he did, feeling just as angry as he did at the beginning, because this is a prayer that is full of loose ends. Friends, as a pastor, I often have to deal uh, with people that are dealing with grief or people that have been locked in all sorts of different sorrows. And, and my tendency, and, I, and it may be yours too, but uh, my tendency is, especially as a man, is to want to fix the problem, to want to find some solution that can quickly fix the problem. And, and for pastors, we think that we have to come up with some sort of spiritual platitude or insight that will instantly make someone feel better about whatever they are struggling with. But friends, sometimes we just need to live in the tension of loose ends and unanswered questions. Of course, there are things that we know about God, but often the details of our lives are left unresolved. Last summer, uh, City Church uh, volunteers partnered with uh, another church, Valley Presbyterian, in order to uh, put on a summer camp uh, for kids at the Christian Community Center. Christian Community Center is a, a, a wonderful faith-based community center in southwest Baltimore. Well, I don't know if you saw uh, the news this week, uh, but an eight-year-old girl who was a part of that group last summer, a little girl named Amira Kinlaw, was killed senselessly in southwest Baltimore this week when a car struck her while it was fleeing from the police. Friends, we don't have answers as to ultimately why things like this happen, even in our own city and even in our own neighborhood. Driving to church last Sunday, I probably, like you, glanced at at the news and heard about a shooting in an Orlando nightclub. To be honest, I really didn't even think much about it when I heard it at at the time. But then as I was driving home, as we all went home, we left church realizing how horrific these events were really were as they were played out in the news. And of course, when anything tragic like this happens, we wonder whether we're Christians or not Christians, we wonder where is God? Why would he allow such tragedy to happen? And at the end of the day, we don't always know. And maybe the most honest answer is that we don't know. We know some things about God, but we are also left with lots of unresolved tensions and lots of loose ends in life. And that's why this psalm is not just a psalm about desperation. It's, it's not just a psalm about wrestling with God. It's not just a psalm about loose ends. But ultimately, it is a prayer of faith. Because faith often kicks in when answers are really hard to come by. 
Some people have read this psalm and they've thought, can, can someone really say this to God? Are we, around, are, really, are we really allowed to say these things to God? Others have read it and thought, if this person is saying these things, then they must have lost their faith. They must have been walked away from the faith because of their circumstances. But actually, I think the exact opposite is happening in the heart of the psalmist. Because I believe that prayers like these are actual evidence of the faith, not a walking away of the faith. In the Old Testament, it tells us a story about Jacob. And one of the most famous stories about Jacob is one evening he wrestled with God, a physical manifestation of God in the middle of the night. And after that encounter, God renames Jacob. He changes his name. And instead, he says, from now on, you will be known as Israel. And the nation or God's people that's going to come from you and your descendants, they will be called Israel as well. Well, do you know what the term Israel means? It means one who wrestles with God. It reminds us that often faith is not about spiritual platitudes or wrapping everything up in a nice bow. Faith means wrestling with God. It means struggling with loose ends and unresolved tensions. It means bringing feelings of desertion and of desperation and of anger before God in prayer. You see, the walk of faith on this side of heaven is all about wrestling with God through the ups and downs of life in a very broken world. It means trusting Him when the answers are absent or incomplete. Because even though this prayer is dark and it's depressing and it's hard to read on a beautiful summer morning, it still, at the end of the day, is a prayer. It's a prayer from one who wrestles with God in this journey of faith. But ultimately, there's one more thing to see about this prayer, I think, uh, that brings it even more meaning. Because finally, at the end of the day, ultimately, this is a prayer of Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who we talk about uh, from time to time here at City Church, had a really helpful way of uh, interpreting the Psalms. And he said that we need to view the Psalms as not just our prayer book, not just representative of our emotions, but we need to also see this as Jesus's prayer book. You see, Jesus was, was raised as a Jew, and as a, Jew, a, a good Jew, a boy being raised in a Jewish context, he would have read, maybe memorized, but certainly would have known this psalm, Psalm 88, by the time he had grown up. Bonhoeffer wrote this. He said, a psalm that we cannot utter as a prayer, that makes us falter and horrifies us, is a hint to us that here someone else is praying, not we. That the one who is here protesting his innocence, who is invoking God's judgment, who has come to such infinite depths of suffering, it is none other than Jesus Christ himself. He it is who is praying here, and not only here, but in the whole book of Psalms. Now, I don't know this uh, for sure, but I can only imagine 
that Psalm 88 was on Christ's mind at the time of his uh, being hung on the cross. His friends and family had left him at that point. His followers had denied him. They had shunned him. They had walked away from him. He was sorrowful and he had no strength. His soul was cast down and his eyes had grown dim and he was placed in the grave. The wrath of God, the waves of God's wrath had overwhelmed him, not because he deserved it, but because we deserved it. You see, he prayed Psalm 88 so that ultimately you and I wouldn't have to. He experienced ultimate cosmic desertion so that you and I could be accepted by God the Father. So when people ask me why, I often don't have answers for them. I often don't know how to answer the hardest questions of life. But I can encourage my heart. I can encourage your heart. We all can have our hearts encouraged that part of what it means to be in this journey of faith is wrestling with God. But we can also point to a Savior who knows what it is like to suffer. And he did it for you and me. Let's pray.